Hello, 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 and welcome to another Win Daily Sports Show. My name is Michael Brazil. I got my man Cena Jad. I got my man Joel Shrek here with me, and we are here to give you a breakdown of the Arnold Palmer Invitational down in sunny, beautiful, fantastic, and fun Orlando, Florida. Everyone's uh, vacation destination. Let's uh, let's say that. Get to go to Florida, kids. COVID doesn't exist. Anyway, if you are listening, if you are watching, please smash the like button. We want to be YouTube famous one of these days, and you are how we are going to do it. If you're listening on the podcast, five star review. I wouldn't mind being podcast famous. I have been told I have a face for radio. Don't really know what that means, but I'm gonna rock with it. See ya. How you doing today, buddy? It's a high compliment, my friend. Just, I, just, I take, just take I my student. word for it. Uh, I'm doing well. Hey, by the way, uh, Michael, what's up with the media pass? I'm trying to go to the Honda Classic. Yes. Have they gotten back to you? We applied. We have not heard back yet, but all it's right. uh, things are in the work, man. Things things are in works. So hopefully we all can fly down to Florida in a couple of weeks, hang out with Sia. Uh, hopefully you got a couple air mattresses and we'll, we'll rock hey, with it from there, can, bud. Can I incentivize you guys? I, I know Joel has his parents, I think, down in this area as well. Um, and you, Joel, I'm not even sure how close they are in proximity to me. Proximity, I'm using golf words. But if you guys make it down here, everything's on me. Like, well, I'll take you out to dinner, drinks, because you guys have to pay the freight to get down here, right? So, like, I just have to drive. It's like like a little bit of gas money. So, I got I got your dinners, I got your lunches, I got a, I'll get at least you get a three drink uh, maximum on on my tab, and then you pay your freight. After <laughs> that. How about that? Actually, actually, Joel pays the freight since he just won another $50,000. <laughs> yes, Joel, of course, just won a bunch more money. We're sure all of you know that. But Joel, how, outside of that, are you excited for Sia to pay for all your drinks when we go on to Florida in a couple of weeks? Because I didn't see that coming. I love that proposal. But listen, this is a, a, a fantasy sports show and we're about competition. So I'm going to let Sia off easy. I'm not going to just accept him buying everything. We're going to make this a competition. Ooh. Whoever does, we'll maybe do a little tournament. Whoever picks are the best, they pay for everything. Oh, that's not bad. Whoever's picks bad. are the best, they get everything paid for. That's what I meant. That yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. shit. Because Joel was going to win, so we would have just let him pay. Yeah, uh, so I was hoping it. you didn't uh, correct him because we had it on video. <laughs> Son oh, of a bitch. Come on, Michael. I could cut it up. I could just cut it up it's and no one late. will ever He's, know. I just kn- cut it right knows, out. He knows, though. He just knows. Throw it right out. We already got Joe in the chat. What is up, Joe? Excited to be here. And of course, everybody, this show's free. I hope you all know that. I mean, you're watching, obviously, so you know that it is free. And I think we have now, we, Sia and Joel, have now given out four winners, two outrights, two first round leaders. I mean, the show literally pays for itself. What <laughs> is any number divided by zero? Infinity, you're welcome. Sia just gave you infinity dollars. Sia, do you want to take a, a victory lap, a bow, Colin Morikawa coming, winning that incredible tournament last week? And it was kind of easy. I watched that whole Sunday, and I didn't really, the kind of the sweat was gone by Saturday. It was pretty nice. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a sweat after Morikawa played his first couple holes on Sunday because he had a bogey in there and Billy mm-hmm. Horschel was playing well and Victor Hovland play, was playing well because he always plays well. So it was a sweat for like 20 minutes. And, yeah. and if you know anything about, you know, if, you, if you've watched golf and you've bet on golf, it's usually a sweat until the 18th hole. I mean, it's just it's just that's how it is. So for him to have to recapture that three shot lead, it just kind of tells you what Colin Morikawa is all about. I, I think him and Victor Hovland are really two of the best players in the world. And I think a year from now, we're going to be talking about them like we talk about like the DJs and the Rory's. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe not, but I just, those guys are just so lights out good. And and 
that's the future of golf. So I'm actually super excited. As far as the victory lap, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because I said, you know, we we played we we played the clip all mm-hmm. over social media. And I said in the clip, I said, listen, I don't love Colin Morikawa in DFS. Don't get me wrong. I played him a little bit in DFS. But I said, I don't love him too much in DFS. But that doesn't mean I don't like him from a betting standpoint because the value was there. So you really have to, you know, if you're attacking golf both from a DFS and a betting standpoint, you really have to distinguish between whether you like a guy from a value standpoint in DFS and whether you like a guy from a value standpoint in betting. And 46 to 1, some people got that number at 55 to 1. Um, there was a lot of people in the industry on it. Spencer, who was now working with us a little bit, I believe he was all over Colin Morikawa. So there, there was, there's a lot of people on there. And again, you didn't have to be on him in, in DFS to put a, to put a play on him like I did um, last week. Yes, and I did, and and the boys in my group chat did as well. And as I as I texted you, I will now put it out onto the internet. See ya from the bottom of our bankrolls. We appreciate you, sir. So thank you for that. So let's get into it. We have the Arnold Palmer Invitational. I got two of the greatest golf DFS minds, I would say, on planet Earth in front of me here. I don't even think it's a question at this point. Styx is making a run. He's starting to do some stuff. We're excited for him. Make sure if you haven't already, check out the Better Golf Podcast. Hilarious name, by the way. Him and Spencer, Sticks and Spencer, as Sia just brought up. They will be breaking down golf each tournament just strictly from a betting standpoint. Top 40s, top 30s, Joel's favorites, of course. Top 10s, fades, matchups. They go over literally all of it, which you know we give you outrights and first-round leaders. And if you've been paying attention, you've won a bunch of money. But they're going to break it down from every single angle. So we're very excited to have Spencer on the team and for having uh, those gentlemen do that. Joel, I haven't heard your voice enough tonight, so I want to start with you, buddy. What are you looking at for this Arnold, Arnold, that's difficult, Arnold Palmer Invitational? (laughs) It's actually a lot easier, by the way, than, what was it? The World Golf Championship Workday Championship at the concessions. Mm -hmm. That was fun. Complain about the Arnold Palmer Invitational. We're good, we're good. All all our golfers went to the concession. They got their Arnold Palmers, and now they're heading to the next tournament. Here we go. Here we are. Um, I'm I'm stoked for this tournament. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. you know, it's, there's an interesting ha- thing happening with golf right now in that it's kind of a perfect storm of events where, you know, football's over, which is like its main competition on Sundays. Um, just Tiger being in the news, I know it's not for the right reasons, but just Tiger being in the news is something. And then you're looking at like the field, and not just the field for this tournament. I'm just talking about the general field of PGA golfers right now. In my memory, I can't remember a time where there's legitimately 20 to 30 guys who are like, can win a tournament any week, right? And like are legitimately in contention. Like we have this new wave of guys in your Hovland, your Morikawas who are coming up and there's probably about 10 of them who are below 25. Then there's the guard of, you know, DJ and Rory who have been around who are still doing really well, DeChambeau. Uh, and you're putting them all together and it's just this huge field of really good golfers that is making it really exciting. Uh, and with football gone and kind of losing its weekend competition, uh, now is the time. Now is the time for everyone to kind of get involved. It's been, it's been really great. It, it has been a lot of fun. Getting to watch on Sundays is an absolute blast. I usually watch Thursdays because we're looking for those first-round leaders. If it's on Friday, Saturday during the day, I'll take it. And then Sunday, I do sit down and enjoy it. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, and I do want to bring up Victor Hovland. My goodness, what was that, 18th on Friday? I was actually literally talking to our writer, Steven. We were on the phone together. We were talking about something. And he is re- he is play-by-playing it for me. Oh, no, he went across the green again. And Steven, as you know, is hilarious. So it was a lot of fun getting, having him do that for me. But he was only three, what, ended up three, four shots behind. He was making a real run on Sunday. Yeah. That one hole, man, that completely took him out of it. 
So for what it's worth, um, Friday was the day I won fifty thousand. So that obviously was was really investing. Show off, by the way. Jeez, we covered it in mind for DFS players. For what it's worth, to keep in mind, his four over on eighteen would have been the exact same score as him going two over. That those two extra strokes did nothing. So he was in my lineup that one, and so when he once he went blew up, I was like, it's okay because two things were happening. Everyone else who was good at competing to win the tournament had him because at that point he was doing so well anyway that that blow up wasn't making anyone pass anyone. Um, and two, we weren't losing more points the more he kept going over and over again. So just keep that stuff in mind. Like if you're playing DFS with us weekly, know how the scoring works. Know that you can't do any worse than a double bogey. Right? There's no worse penalty on a single hole. Silly. That's right. They should. That's right. So yeah, what are you excited for about the Arnold Palmer Invitational? <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of exciting that we get um, a name that's easier to say because last week was just a disaster. Like, what, what are we doing here? Um, I just kept saying that, WGC. It worked out. People knew what I was saying. So No, it's true. Uh, mm-hmm. It's still, it's embarrassing. They got to fix that. Um, I like that we have course history here. Uh, I think this is going to be another like, pretty difficult course. Although last year it played really difficult because it was windy pretty much every day. I don't think we're going to get windy conditions probably until like maybe late Saturday. Definitely on Sunday, it looks like we're going to have some wind gusts in the uh, potentially in the upper 20s. So I'm actually looking forward to the first two days being kind of weatherless, if you will. Uh, because I, I just hate I just hate having to account for you know the AM and PM shifts. I still think the AM shifts probably like when we get to first round leaders uh, later in the show. Like I, I still think the AM shifts probably have a little bit of an edge because the course will be softer and the conditions will be just a little bit better from just a, a greens uh, standpoint. But no, I, I think this is great. Uh, like last week, you know, Joel was complaining the whole time. We don't have any course history. This is I I, I thrive on course history, and so now Joel won fifty thousand dollars last week, and he didn't even have course history. So what's he going to do this week? I can't wait to actually jump in and, and t- start talking about these players. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good point, Joel. That's like kind of your main driver. And as you said, like, hey, maybe I'm going to find some new stuff out. I I have to go with the assumption you found some new <laughs> stuff out. So I'm excited <laughs> to see what we're going to get from it. So Sia, let's start with you. Uh, with this top tier, we have Rory McIlroy, Bryson DeChambeau, Victor Hovland, as we've been talking about, building sandcastles with Patrick Reed and Tyrrell Hatton, who you were very on last week. Uh, Rory's really expensive. Um, I still don't know why he like hasn't. He's had like one good tournament recently, like like good good tournament. Like I just don't understand. Is it namesake? Is it is he is does he have great his course history here? Talk to me a little bit. Why why the heck is Rory the most expensive golfer by a considerable amount? Well, yeah, it is. A lot of it is the course history. A lot of it is the Rory name. I mean, course history wise, just I'm looking at the last four years, fifth, sixth, first and fourth. But this is the same guy who hasn't won in over a year. Mm. And we've been talking about how pedestrian he's been for quite some time now. I mean, he's he's just he hasn't flashed. He's, he hasn't been worth his price tag. And so for him to be the highest priced guy at eleven thousand five hundred, don't forget, I didn't like Dustin Johnson last week. And and it was mostly because he was 11,600. So what are the chances I like Rory here at 11,500? You know, I know DJ didn't have a good tournament, but that wasn't the expectation. The expectation was, you know, he's he's the leader to, you know, to win the whole tournament. So, yeah, I mean, I think Rory's going to have a pretty good tournament. He has kind of turned it on a little bit. You, you are starting to see more of the Rory form. But for me, am I going to pay that price? No chance. I mean, I'll have maybe, let's say I have 20 to 30 lineups. I mean, he'll be in one or two. I'm not going to completely leave him out if I'm doing that many lineups. But if I were doing five or 10 lineups, personally, I'm not so sure I'd have Rory in any of them. Yes, the win equity is there, but he hasn't really shown it in quite some time. So it's not that I'm ignoring the course history. It's just 
11,500, that's way too much. When I can drop down to a high-risk, high-reward Bryson DeChambeau, or I can drop down to a Victor Hovland, who is just seems to be automatic from a you know top five standpoint. He's so good off the tee. He's so good on approach. He's found his short game. We don't really need to talk about Hovland any more than we have the last like three or four months, because that's exactly what we've been doing. Patrick Reed's interesting. Um, I don't think I'll be on, you know, I was on Terrell Hatton last week, both in the outright and DFS market. He was pretty disappointing. But I think he sets up really well here. He did have a nice finish on Sunday, so I think the form is there. So yeah, no to Rory. I will have a little bit of Bryson. I'll be peppering him in. But if I'm going to live in this range, it's going to be probably with Hovland and uh, Terrell Hatton. And yeah, by the way, before I'm sorry, Michael, before we kick it to Joel, I see Scott's in the chat too. And, and Scott is a guy who's like real supportive of, of Wind Daily in general. Um, you know, he's up, doing some of the retweets and the likes, and I just want to thank him for that. And uh, clearly he's he's joining our chat. So hi to him. And uh, the Better Golf Podcast, that really is the best betting golf podcast out there. I mean, I've been listening to these podcasts for probably like 10 years now. Like it's only one episode in, but immediately I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is different. Like this is different the personalities are there but like the information is there too so yes. i'm really excited to listen to the next episode tomorrow that's spencer aguiar that's nick brett wish at sticks picks better golf podcast b-e-t-t-o-r uh, get it see that see yeah. what happened? we Amazing. got it i love it so no I that that elite it. range that's uh that's a wrap on that for me very cool joel um do you want to defend rory for us or what are you thinking uh, this week that's my job i'm hired <laughs> to defend rory so that's what i have to do i mean Sia is a lawyer, so he's an unfair advantage, but understandably, I'm here to do my part. So, um, listen, I hear you in that his recent form is a bit disappointing, but he does six last week, right? And that's a sixth place with a pretty disappointing Sunday. Um, if he comes together on Sunday, he's probably in contention. If he has a nice Sunday, he might win this tournament. In addition to that, we didn't have any course history on him last week. Now we do, and we know it's strong. Now, keep in mind with Rory – Course history is better than his actual expectation because he was a better golfer a few years ago than he is now. Uh, so wait, uh, uh, you, that doesn't you, mean he's not good. It means he was better than he is now. There's a difference. There's a difference. But yeah, the, also the podcast. Yeah, the podcast. That's what I was. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't care about the other. <laughs> Thanks though. Um. So no, but so th- my point is, you know, my initial when seeing the prices come out, I liked that Rory was so expensive because like that should turn people off of him and here's my chance to get back on him. However, what I'm seeing early on is that his ownership is still pretty high even with the price tag. So if that's going to be the case, I probably will come off him some uh, before they tee off on Thursday. Uh, so I'm going to keep looking at ownership. If ownership stays to be one of the top five or ten owned golfers, then yeah, at this price and that ownership, that's too much going against him. But with the course history uh, and the way he has been playing pretty well, um, I like where he just he hasn't been consistent over four rounds, which obviously is what we need. So uh, if, if we don't want to overplay him for the week, definitely play him during showdown. He's going to have a low round this week. So keep him in your showdown rosters for sure. Victor Hovland, I'm pretty convinced, is going to win the tournament. I mean, the way he's playing – listen, last week, if you take away his four over, he does win the tournament. And it was consistent every day. He wasn't like he showed up one day, shot a 63, and then was like average. He was consistently the best golfer out there every day outside of one hole, right? So Victor Hovland has just looked unbelievable. Um, the the course history might turn people off to him because he's never been a big above top 40 here. Great. Perfect. Like, because he's 20, what, two years old? Like, 
he played here when he was 20 and you're going to hold that against him. Like, that's what we want people to do. That's why you listen to our show and we tell you, ignore that. He's playing unbelievable right now. And now is the week to go after him. I've already put a pretty significant bet on him to win the tournament. And my favorite bet, which I'll get to at the end of the show, um, is, is another one with him in it because he's, it's, it's consistency, right? And, uh, you know, listen, I'll save that portion for when we talk about gambling. But in the top in the top range, I, I'm actually going to try and get a little bit away from Hatton. Um, they're all good plays. right? These are the best golfers in the field. So you got to just pick who you like. Hatton, you know, he, we saw a run of him getting top tens every, every tournament. And that's not what we're seeing right now. So we know he won here last year. We know he can do well on this course. But uh, I just don't think we're getting the same Terrell Hatton that we saw six months ago. So, and at this price, you know, if he was $1,000 less, I'd probably play him. At this price, um, he's not my spot. The last guy in this range I, I will target, probably the, a lower percentage, is Bryson. Because we saw last week with Bryson, he's volatile, right? You know, he'll blow up, and then he can have a really good score. But after that 77, you know, even if that was a 71, he would have been really, really competing in this tournament. And you can't expect Bryson to shoot a 77 every tournament. So uh, I like his form. We can, if we can do the same thing, the same concept with Hovland, right? if you can remove that one blow up then he'd be right there. Yeah, and Victor Hovland also on Sunday had an incredible save that he turned into a birdie. It was He was incredible, man. He was absolutely incredible. You're right. It's really that one hole. You you, you turn it to a par, and he wins the tournament. It's pretty crazy. So, uh, see, I have a question for you. I hear myself. Do you guys hear that? Maybe it's me. Whatever. Uh, what is Bryson's ownership looking like? Or Joel, if either of you have that open right now. Because, again, yeah. he's that high... I don't think too many people are going to be on him, right? Especially if that many people are going to be on Rory. Does that does that make sense, or am I kind of You're off base exactly there? Exactly right. He, he's he's the lowest of this elite range, and he's he's looking at like somewhere. I'm assuming he's going to finish somewhere between like 11 and 12, 13 percent. Um, I think right now he's he's sitting at around 11 percent, at least the projections I'm looking at. I think that'll tick up a little bit because I think people will become a little bit more enamored and a little less risk averse. Because, listen, Bryson is one of those guys that he could shoot a 77 on Thursday and miss the cut. We, we just saw that recently. But if he doesn't and if he captures that upside for three out of four days, like he's winning the tournament. It's just one of those things. And by the way, his course history here is really good. Fourth in 2020, 46th in 2019, but a second in 2018. So he's very familiar with this course. He's, he's very familiar with doing well on this course. I mean, there's plenty of downside with Bryson, but the upside is kind of unlimited. I mean, I, I would say he probably has more upside in terms of shooting a lower score than anybody in this elite range. Yeah, he shot a 64 last Friday, and Joel won $50,000 that day. Um, length, can't disagree with you there, Scott. Uh, that's also true. Like We look at Bryson's previous, his course history, but he's not the same Bryson. This is We haven't made any steroid jokes recently either. A little disappointed in us, guys, honestly. You know um, what? I think he's... just want to shout well. out. One second, one second. Uh, my cousin says I look really good in that flannel, so appreciate it, Justin. Sorry, keep going, Joel. <laughs> no, I was just saying, I think he's weaning off. He doesn't look as big. I'm, I'm a little disappointed in his size, actually. <laughs> Done with his cycle, I guess, uh, or whatever, however that stuff works. Uh, all right, Joel, we'll, we'll throw it back to you. This 9K range, very interesting name right up here at the top, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, only like a couple weeks ago, this guy was like low sevens, and you're like, what's this guy doing here? Let's play him. He ended up doing really well, probably made you a bunch of money doing it, and now he's all the way up here, almost $10,000 in salary cap, which is I mean, maybe it's a, is that kind of like an overcorrection a little bit? I mean, I know he's really good, but that seems like it's a little much, right? So the, the, the reputation that Fitzpatrick is getting now on tour is that he's, uh, he excels on difficult courses, 
Uh, he, that's like his shtick. Like if you're going to play a really tough course, he, that's where he rises. And this is a difficult course. So um, my initial reaction when looking at the prices was the exact one you had was like, ooh, this is a, now coming way up. But listen, I mean, in his last three tournaments, tied for 17, tied for 5th, tied for 11th, he talks uh, himself as being a guy who excels on difficult courses. This is going to be difficult. In this form, I think it's hard to fade him. So I actually – I like him. I'm going back to him again this week. He's playing really well. Um, and if it's going to play really difficult, this is where uh, he usually thrives. So this actual range is, is one that, for the most part, I'm staying away from. I like the top guys. And then I want to kind of – it's definitely a stars and scrubs. I want to build off of that. So – other with I like Fitzpatrick, I like Spieth as well. Um, yes, and the same kind of concept. Right, this was a guy who three shows ago we said change mm-hmm. his price down, we might play him. But listen, it, it's not. It wasn't one tournament. It was been three tournaments in a row. It's fourth, third, fifteenth, and in a place where um, in Florida where he has done well before. Um, I like Spieth. You know, I think people may have been, he might be a little bit out of mind because he didn't play last week. So. People may have forgot that he's pretty hot, and I think he's still going to find that stroke. So those are the only two guys I'm looking at in this range uh, until for now. Sia, how about you? Who are anyone extra? Anything to add to why people should play Jordan Spieth? Uh, no, I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> Listen, you, you got to be pretty good off the tee here. I mean, you, you want to be accurate too, because uh, off the tee, I'm saying because there's a lot of water on this course. Like nine of the holes have water, and I and I just. He's been so bad off the tee, and he's been saving himself so much on approach and with the putter that I think, you know, he could hit a dead end here when it comes... Like, I could be wrong. I mean, he, his game really is progressing. He's not the same Jordan Spieth, but when I look at this range in particular, he's nowhere near my radar because I also like Matthew Fitzpatrick quite a bit. Let, let's remember, too, ninth in 2020 and a second place in, in 2019. So he is... He's lights out here, and if again, if like Joel said, if the wind picks up on like a Sunday or a Saturday, he plays fine in, in those conditions. He's playing well; his recent form is there. So I like Matthew Fitzpatrick a lot. But the next guy down, I really like Sung J M in Florida is really good. His track record in Florida specifically is really good. His track record here is also really good with back-to-back third-place finishes. You got to have a good approach game here. He has that. So off the tee, iron game, it's going to flash. I like Fitzpatrick and Sung JM the most. If I was going to flirt with anybody else in this range, it would probably be all the way down to 9100 Paul Casey, who played really well in Europe, and the few times he's played on the PGA Tour so far has also played really well. I think this course suits him quite well. I think 9100 might even be like a little bit of a misprice. I kind of agree with you that Matthew Fitzpatrick might be an, an overprice. I still like him. Like I, I would have expected Fitzpatrick to be maybe lower than Sung Jae and Hideki, right? You know, right in that 9500 range. But alternatively, I think Casey should probably be ahead of, of Jason Day and Jordan Spieth. So I think you're getting kind of a discount on Casey. Um, I like those three guys the most in this 9K range. Very cool. Yeah, it's an interesting range. Again, you know, kind of, again, someone like Matthew Fitzpatrick coming all the way up from that low sevens only a couple weeks ago. Sanjay, he's been there, done that, and he's also been terrible in the last 12 months, which is just pretty crazy to see. And obviously, Jason Day. Why the hell is he 9,200, honestly? Like, what has he done recently that's warranted that? A couple sevenths with, like, four miscuts in between? I don't know. doesn't really make sense to me, but see, I'm moving on to that 8K range. Again, it's going to be a difficult build, right? You're going to go on. It sounds, Joel's definitely doing stars and scrubs, not even his patented hybrid stars and scrubs. See, how are you looking to build? Is it mostly one, two, maybe the two guys up top, maybe someone in this range and then going down? Or how are you looking at building uh, your lineups this week? 
So there's going to be two types of builds for me. Let's say I'm doing 20 lineups. I think half of them are going to be a 10K guy like a Hovland and maybe a Hatton or Bryson. It'll be more Hovland than anything. And then a 9K guy and then go down into that mid 7K range and low 7K range. And then the other type of build is going to be just go all the way to the 9K range, which, by the way, you could have done last week and it would have been fine. Let, mm-hmm. Let's not pretend like the elite range here, that, that 10K and above, is like this tremendous field. Like, they're all very good. You know, Hovland is very good. They're good, but it's not like a 9K guy like last week can't sneak in there. So I'll have a couple lineups or, or half my lineups probably with a couple 9K guys. I might even start with Fitzpatrick and him and work down from there. But I think regardless of how you build that, you are going to need to go down into that low 7K range, um, especially if you're trying to get some of these elite guys. And there's a lot of really good guys in that 7K range, the low 7K range, which is kind of dangerous because we know they're all not going to make the cut. We'll talk about the 7K range, but I think you're going to have to live there a little bit uh, this week too. So it's kind of a a stars and scrubs. It's more stars and scrubs than anything else Mm -hmm. uh, for me this week. Perfect. So it sounds like you're not going to be living in this 8K range. Are there a couple plays here that you you might want to let the people know about? Yeah, there's a couple of plays that interest me. Uh, you know, Francesco Molinari has a really good track record here specifically, and he's he's been he's been really good lately. But that's not a guy I'm going to be on. I just want to throw that out there because he is going to be a popular guy. He's already he's already trending to like 20 percent right now. So listen, he might be back to the form we saw before he just, you know, flailed at the Masters a couple of years back, but I'm just not going to buy in here. This, this is not going to be, be my moment to take a stand on Francesco Molinari, so he's actually going to be a fade for me. Will Zalatoris is interesting. He's commanding a lot of ownership, too. It's around that 20% range. Listen, if you're looking for ball strikers, Will Zalatoris is obviously the guy. I thought ownership would be a little bit down just because last week he wasn't very good. But the the two guys I'm looking at, just to keep it short, are probably Will Zalatoris and Sam Burns. Sam Burns, we we know, has the upside. We know he has the ball striking, and he's really good in Florida. He's played these Florida courses really well, and he's also good on Bermuda, which, you know, this is going to be a Bermuda grass course, a Bermuda grass green. So I I think Sam Burns is is a pretty smart play. He's also going to be really popular, so you're going to have to make some decisions. None of those guys in the 8K range are lock-button guys for me. Um, I'll probably be under the field with all of them quite frankly but those are the guys i like the most in the 8k range i love it joe before we go to you i just want to shout out scott already has an outright on him so scott i'll tell you i'm gonna tell you scott i'll be honest with you right there scott i uh i'll tell you on on the first cut yesterday rick asked all of us who the outright winner was going to be and i did say sung jm i will say i will say in defense of joel hobland is, is probably like the smart bet but he's also his odds are also like you know, Plus you know way shorter. So uh, I think Sung J M. You know I'm not normally on Sung J M, which tells me something that that I'm this confident about him this week. So. I like your outright. Yes, uh, Victor Hovland plus twelve hundred. Rory leads the field at plus eight fifty. Faded, faded so easily. Matthew Fitzpatrick plus twenty five. Sung J M plus twenty five. Jordan Spieth plus thirty three. Huh. Sam Burns plus forty five. Joel. Uh, let's let's uh, the AK range again. It sounds like you're going to be up top and down low, so maybe not too many plays here. But there's anything that you want to let the people know about? No, actually, not. There are a few guys here that I like. Um, you know, I think Molinari is interesting. As you know, I love the course history. Uh, his recent forms there. There's a lot of things I like about Molinari. Um, you know, I I, I I see see his point as well, especially with high ownership. I I'm completely okay with getting away from him. So just a, I think he's for me right now. It's a matter of your style of play. Uh, 10-man cash games, I would play them. Big tournaments, maybe better to get away from them. I think you can get you can get different. Um, 
a guy in this range I see it didn't mention that I really like is Max Homa, right? Let's not forget he won a tournament two weeks ago. Uh, he wasn't bad last week. I mean, Homa played well last week. He's striking the ball well. Um, he's just in really good form, right? And, and this isn't just two weeks, right? This is now since Pebble Beach. Keep in mind, Homa's a California guy, so he might have been more comfortable on those California courses. Now that we're in Florida, he still gave us a 22nd. And at this price range, if he can get in the top 20, that's what we need from him. So um, I will be going going after Homa a bit. In addition to that, I like Leishman and Cockrock in this range. So um, Leishman is another one with the course history and his recent form all kind of coming together right now. Uh, you know, he was a little bit hotter in January than he is in February, but he's still playing well. This is a guy who was, well, there was a tournament we were talking about over the summer where he went 22 over, right? This was just, this was within six months. And now we'll look at where he is, right? If you just look at the last four weeks, he's competing. And this is a course that he's done really well on. So guys who are on the rise are guys I like to target, right? The guys who are finding their peak. Uh, Mark Leishman is definitely one of them for this, this week. And, and Jason Cockrack as well. Or Corkrack, I might be saying that wrong. No, 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 no. Corkrack. <laughs> uh, listen, I mean, tied for ninth last week, top ten. Uh, you know, he's consistently getting you at least, you know, tied for thirty-two, tied for twenty-nine. He's been doing really well. And you want to look at long hitters and guys who have long irons, like that's him. He should be a good course fit, um, and it could be another really solid play in this range. I love it. I love it. Everybody in the chat. Ask us questions. We literally do this live so that you guys can talk to us. Um, Scott has an outright on him, which means now I have an outright on him. Very excited. Chuck just put some stuff down there. He said later for the show. So I'll, I'll, I'll um, respect his wishes, and we'll get that a little bit later in the show. But if anybody has lineups, if you have any questions, maybe some bets you like, some matchups, Sia is a matchup king. So let us know. This is literally what we are here for. Now, of course, if you're listening to this on the podcast, it's really awkward because... <laughs> It's not live. Um, so maybe maybe Clubhouse, one of these days. We're looking into that. But I'm a poor, so I can't I can't get it yet. Um, Joel, we'll stick with you there. Uh, the 7K range, you want to do that top half for us? Because, again, I know you guys yeah. are going to have a bunch of plays down here, so we'll kind of totally. hop back and forth. Let's do this. For sure. So I'm going to do it in reverse order because my favorite oh. play in the 7K range is an interesting one. He's, he's not a new name. It's, it's Charlie Hoffman. Uh, Charlie Hoffman. Boom. I love it. Sorry to interrupt. I I, I can't believe you said Charlie Hoffman because I didn't expect it. I like Charlie Hoffman as well. And I had to say that because I never pick him. What's his price? He is 7,600. 7,600. Sorry. There he is. Thank you. Joel, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, that was incredible. on the same page. That is exciting. Uh, Listen, he's playing really well. So one thing to keep in mind, and one thing I've been doing all week when building my pool is if you're looking at recent form, right, like we're doing with with Hoffman now, you notice that he had a 74 on – on Saturday, right? That was the day where there was like literally you, you saw the highlight on ESPN where the ball like flew off the course because of the wind was so bad. So anybody who blew up on round three at the Genesis, disregard that. That's like they're not going to see that bad of windy condition. Eh, you might. It's supposed to be yeah. pretty this week, but you can't expect it to be like that again. So you know if you if you if you excuse that, look at the rest of his last eight rounds. Right? I mean, 66, 68, 70, kind of, He's been solid. Um, now the more important stuff is course history. He's got a tremendous course history here. He really likes this course. He knows, um, and just to, let me just kind of pull it up just so I can give it to you. He's tied for 13th last year. He missed the cut the year before that, 14th and second. So he's had a really good run. And if you want to think about, you know, a player who needs to have long iron play and, and things like that to excel on this course, that's him, right? That's what he does. So the course fits there. His recent form is kind of there, but at 7,500, that's, that's good enough for 7,500. And the course history is there. So, He's my favorite kind of lower range 7,500 um, play in, in the, when we're kind of, especially as you're doing stars and scrubs. 
And then also in this range, another guy I really like this week is Cameron Davis for a lot of similar reasons, right? He, you're not going to get the course history from him, but if you want to talk about course fit in terms of hitting the ball long, his iron play has been much improved. He's one of the longest hitters off the tee on the tour, and his recent form has been really strong. I mean, you have a third place um, in January, 32nd. He, I mean, last week, again, like exactly what, what we're highlighting, it's that 77 on in the windstorm. Other than that, he probably would have been another top 20, top 15 in that tournament as well. So his recent form has been really strong. He's definitely someone that I feel like could have been priced up another $1,000 in this tournament and wouldn't have blinked an eye at that. And then the last guy in this range that I want to mention is, Cam- is Cameron Tringal. Right, he's just playing really well. Uh, he's been consistent. Um, if you want to look at his recent history, t- tied for twenty six is the worst. And again, go back to what's his worst score? It's that windy storm day. So again, if we eliminate that, you get top fifteens, tens consistently out of him. Just striking the ball so well, uh, it's hard to get away from him at this price. I, I love it. Yeah, that obviously that Saturday was absolutely nuts a couple weeks ago. So it's it's interesting to see how incredibly. Um, incredibly it impacted the tournament and i also just want to point out sometimes i think of cameron smith and i see cameron davis and other times i think of cameron davis and i see cameron smith and my god they could not be any different looking i just wanted to point that out for the people um got jeffa in the chat going with the assumption that it's jeff hatton season i'll tell you if you want me to and scott who do you like in the 6k range scott 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 come on we're gonna get there we also have see a secret weapon you can get that if you hop into the Wind Daily Sports Discord chat for everybody, windailysports.com backslash chat. You're going to get that every single Wednesday night. People are asking Tuesday night. Nope. People are asking Wednesday morning. Nope. It's always Wednesday night. It will forever and always be Wednesday night. So be on the lookout for that there. Sia, talk to me a little bit about the 7K range. You said you really like um, that low 7K range, but you, I'm assuming you still have a couple plays up in the uh, the top half. Yeah, so and it's not even so much that I love the low 7K range. It's that there's a lot of opportunity there. And it's just one of those things where your eyes get big when you see all those guys, even going into the 6K range. But that's it's kind of fool's gold because there's only so many of those guys that are going to make the cut. So you really got to be careful with how confident you are in that range. You, you still have to go there. But And by the way, in defense of Scott, you clearly laid out just five minutes ago that you were going to be answering questions later in the show. So maybe he was just getting his question out there. Okay. So maybe All we right. could address it later in the show. Defensible. I'm just saying. Oh, here's not... a here's a fun one actually. Defensive is Bryson right. is Bryson driving sixth? Yes or no? How how short is the sixth here? Oh, is he driving six? Uh I don't the answer I think is no. Um I, I don't know the exact uh yardage on that, but I'm familiar with the whole I, I don't think he is, but There'll be a practice round tomorrow, mm. so we'll see if uh, he gets out there and, and tries to do it. Uh, but the answer, I believe, is going to be no. There we go. Three forty-ish. I like that. Oh, that's a fun one. And Scott lives in Florida and says it gets windy this time of year. Thank you, Scott. Boots on yeah, the ground. And, that is the kind of reporting we need here at Wind Daily Sports. We appreciate you. Scott. And uh, Sunday looks like, you know, forecast wise, it looks like Sunday is going to be windy. We'll see about the other days. But OK, so 7K range. I'll also go down to the 7500 range and then we'll we'll kick it back to Joel. I like Cam Davis a lot, too. I think he's kind of I don't want to say a rising star. That might be a little much. I mean, I, I would qualify like Sam Burns more as a rising star than I would Cam Davis. But I think Cam Davis is, is right behind him. A little inconsistent, but you're right. He's long off the tee. He sh- he's good on approach. 
Another guy that I'm actually sort of surprised um, Joel didn't say him just to like make you happy, Michael. Taylor Gooch. <laughs> Taylor Gooch, you know, he 12th at the Genesis. You know, he's been kind of up and down. He missed the cut at waste management, but made a couple cuts before that. But perhaps more importantly, uh, particularly in Joel's book, in 2020, he finished 13th. He didn't play in 2019. In 2018, he finished 26th. So he has great course history. He's playing really well. I mean, he's the ball striking is there for Taylor Gooch. So uh, I think he's a kind of a sneaky play there. I'm look, looking, eyeing his ownership. He's going to be well under 10%. So that's, that's something to consider. I'll just pass right over Justin Rose and Ricky Fowler. If you have to choose between those two names because you just love seeing those names and you have to put one in your lineup, I would actually choose Ricky Fowler. Um, Rose was good in Saudi Arabia. Again, I'm talking about two guys that I'm not going to have, but I'm saying if you feel compelled to play one of them, I think Ricky Fowler is like slowly starting to put his game together more so than Rose, what were who who only flashed one tournament a few weeks ago in Saudi Arabia. So uh, I, I'm all aboard the Cameron Train Gal train. You know, you know me. I've been on Cameron for for quite some time. I think Lonto Griffin is interesting. I'll probably have a couple shares of him. He's looking to be a pretty pretty popular. So I think the industry is sort of behind me there for better or for worse. And then again. Charlie Hoffman. And here's the interesting thing about Charlie Hoffman. I, it's not like he's a lock button guy. I know I just like did this whole thing. I interrupted Joel and I was like, oh my God. But it's not like, oh my God, I'm going to have him in 90% of lineups. But, but one thing you should know, listen, he's Charlie Hoffman. So what does that mean? That means in GPPs, his ownership is going to be very low. He's so, got a boring name. I, I get it. I get it. Yes, like mm-hmm. Doug Gim, ah. like Chris Baker, like ah. the, all their ownership is low. So, so my point is... He's a guy, Tom Hogue, who we'll talk about later. Um, my point is Charlie Hoffman is a guy that you can put in your GPPs and and really kind of get your, your ownership leverage there because all of the guys around him are going to be, with the exception of maybe Shane Lowry and Brandon Grace coming off a win in Puerto Rico, most of these names around him are going to be way more popular. So maybe not for cash games. You know, you could, you could throw him a cash game if you want, but maybe not for cash games. I think he's a smart GPP play. I like that. Here's a question about the Puerto Rico. I heard people talking about the Puerto Rico Open more than I heard them talking about WGC. Why was that? Like, I felt like anytime I opened my DraftKings app, anytime people were talking about golf, like on the internet, it, nine times out of ten, it was about the Puerto Rico. What? What? Why, why is that? Because uh, they were. First of all, it's easier to say and type. Damn, that's uh, then a great point. the World Golf Championship, the well, Workday Championship at the concession. at the concession, yeah. uh, and and Cam Percy, my secret weapon, Cam Percy was in there, and he was flirting with the with the leader. So I think that really drew a lot of interest because since I deemed him a secret weapon, I think there's been a lot of yeah. you know scuttlebutt, a lot of chatter about Cam. Yes, yeah, scuttlebutt. See, ya. Uh, the 1950s would like their word back. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, America. Um, just wanted to point out, Jeffa. Uh, I wonder if that's his birthday, 9311. Uh, Fowler might be motivated to get to Augusta. Hey, there's a paycheck. All you have to do is get there. There's a paycheck. The only problem with that narrative is that was a narrative that's fit the last three months, yeah. including into December, and he hasn't really played mm-hmm. well. He's played a little bit better, mm-hmm. but it's not like he's like top tenning because of Augusta because he would have done that three months ago. I want him there. And it's his wedding day. Shout out. Oh, dude, mine's nine six or nine eight. I can't remember. It was only like four months ago. Don't even remember what it was yet. Think it was sixth, leaning sixth. If I may. Not a hundred percent though. Did your wife, Jeff, did your wife choose your screen name for you? I'm curious. Probably not, but 
I've never I've never seen somebody use their actual yeah. wedding day. It's usually, usually something. It's... No, <laughs> no, bro. No, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and see, this is why we do it live, people. This is why we do it live. I love it. Well, thanks for participating. Keep asking us questions. Uh, I'm 100 percent here for it. Joel, do you want to round out the uh, the 7K range? I see an awesome awesome question from Andrew. I just want to finish the 7K range before we get to it. Uh, so, Joel, if you don't mind, anybody else here that you're liking? Yeah. So the bottom 7K range, there's, there's some nice ways, there. and this is where we want to try and really round out our, our stars and scrubs model. So uh, Matt Jones is a guy that I, um, I find interesting here. His uh, course history, is, there's not much there, but his recent form's been really good. And, and one interesting thing, another thing to look at when picking guys this week is this is going to play like a tougher course. And we're lucky because the la- two of the last couple tournaments were tough courses. The Genesis, Pebble Beach, they were both very difficult. So if you want to kind of try and – relate the two you kind of can because if you just want to play on difficulty which guys are excelling there and we're looking at uh matt jones who was eighth at the genesis uh and then he was 34th in petrol beach 30th before that he's been consistently making cuts uh and at this price range i get a guy who's you know looks like he's he's been pretty good for the cut with a, a top 15 upside uh i like matt jones a lot in addition to him here, I'm gonna I'll throw out Brendan Todd just because he's putting so well. I I normally do not target good putters just because that's just a hard thing to replicate. But um, you know, if a tied for 22nd, tied for 18th, and it really is all putting, he's someone that I could see you know having another good week here at this low of a price. He feels like he plays a little bit more of closer to the eight thousand dollar price mark. So for that reason, especially in GPPs, I'll be looking at him. Uh, but my my favorite two plays in this range are going to be Luke List who has been playing one really well, who has a strong course history here with, he didn't play last year, before that, tied for 10th, tied for 7th, tied for 17th. Uh, listen, he missed the cut at the Genesis. I'm not going to hold that against him. Before that, 30th, 10th, and 21st. And at 7,200, you know, if we can get anywhere near that, that's well above it, what we're paying for. So I really like him. Um, and then, you know, JT Poston, I want to mention as well because I, I like JT. JT's the guy who disappointed last tournament, but before that was one of my favorite sleepers. So, like I said, if you liked the guy before, if you disappointed one week, don't go away. And before that, he had two top twenties. Uh, and this is a guy that's game should play should play well here, right? It's a long hitter. Um, this is a course that you're going to need that. But my favorite play in the seven K or in the lower half of the seven K range um, uh, is going to be Chris Kirk. So Chris Kirk is another one that where we're going to get. Um, pretty good course history uh, in that he is, you know, didn't play last year, but Tiber 15th, 13th, missed a cut in 12th. So that's three top 15 finishes. And his recent form is really good. Um, at, at, at Pebble Beach, he was 16th. He missed the cut at the Waste Manager, but look, he wasn't terrible. He had a 74 in day two, but he had a 70. And then before that, tied for 16th and tied for second. So this is a guy who his recent form is playing well above the 6K or 7,000 flat price range and has a good course history there. I love it. And Scott approves. He loves Kirk too. Look at that. Look at that. Um, I just wanted to point out when I was clicking through, showing everybody the faces and the names, Luke List, it just says latest player news that he, it just says List undisclosed is listed in the field for this week's Arnold Palmer Invitational. Was he originally not? Was Is there like an injury going around? Because like you're not supposed to see that. Like there, it says undisclosed. It says he's in the field. But it just says undisclosed, usually, which is like, you know, potentially death in the family. Something weird like that. So, I don't know. Just mm-hmm. saw that. Just throwing it out there. Something to look Yeah, something I mean, that's something, something we'll, we'll definitely need to look something into. Something to think I, about. I like Luke List quite a bit as well. What, whatever that is, you know, 
we'll, we'll, we'll probably get to the bottom of it by by the end of the show. I think I think it's we already did. I We're incredible. I, um, I think he removed himself from Pebble Beach. He was originally okay. himself, so I think they're just telling you no, he's going to play this week. Cool, 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 okay. awesome. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, all right, talk to us. What uh, your your bottom half of the seven uh, K range and some of the guys you're liking? There's a lot to like about this range, and honestly, if you've, I mean, this is a little extreme, but if you flipped the bottom of the seven K range with the top of the seven K range, I, it's not. I'm not going to be like, oh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see that. It, it's just they're so close. I mean. You, you can't tell me like that Ricky Fowler and Justin Rose are better than some of the guys that Joel just talked about. I mean, pedigree-wise, they're way better. Yes. But in terms of recent form, and I'm not just talking the last like two months, I'm talking like the last six months a year. I mean, there's a lot of these guys that if you get them right in your GPPs, you're good to go. Speaking of GPP, this is not a guy that I'm really going to be on, but I might throw him in a GPP lineup. Siwoo Kim at 7,500. If he stays out of the water and if the ball striking is there like it is like one out of every three or four tournaments, I mean, you're getting an absolute steal and you're getting extreme ownership leverage because there's no way this guy's even getting close to 5% with all the other guys that are so popular in this field. So that's another guy like Charlie Hoffman. Like if you can get Siwoo Kim right, um, that is a gamble that is going to really pay off in your GPPs, um, especially kind of maybe a single entry, maybe not so much. But if it's, you know, an MME or something like that, you know, 20 lineups, 150 lineups, something to definitely consider. Uh, as I go down the list, um, I like Matt Jones as well. Emiliano Grillo, I'm, I'm usually on. He's a great ball striker, terrible putter. You'll notice a lot of guys in this range are good ball strikers and terrible putters. So it's one of those things. Do they find a hot putter? Probably not. But do they find an average putter? Maybe. And that's all you're looking for with a good ball striker. So I like Grio quite a bit. As I go down the list, I do like Brandon Todd. You know, I I, I got to tell you, he broke my heart. I had him heavy in, in at the waste management, and he missed the cut. And then he rebounded and got 16th at AT&T. So, you know, he's in good enough form. You know, prior to missing the cut, he was 16th and then second. And that would be at the um, American Express and the Century Tournament of Champions. And his course history here is good, too. Joel might have mentioned that. But he's got a 13th, a missed cut, and a 12th. He hasn't played here in the last couple of years, so there's that. Um, other than that, let's see. Henrik Norlander, we know he's my guy. The good Henrik, if you will. Uh, I, Henrik Norlander at 7,200. Listen, it, it's always going to be a risk to take a guy down here, but Henrik Norlander has plenty of upside <laughs> and a full face and a full head of hair. There's just no questioning about it. I'm sorry. I do that every time and because I, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Um, I, I like Norlander's upside. His ball striking is great. You know, he's got to figure out the short game a little bit. But if he does, that that's a steal. I like Luke List. He's going to be really popular. Speaking of really popular, looks like Corey Connors is going to be really popular. So a no thanks to Corey Connors, but I will take uh, Luke List in some lineups. One guy that's really interesting, and it's I guess the last guy I'm going to mention. A terrible putter, just like Grio and some of the other guys we mentioned. List also has problems with the putter here and there, by the way. Um, this guy's a terrible putter. He's known for being a terrible putter and a great ball striker, much like Emiliano Grio and some of these guys. But he's actually pretty good on Bermuda relative to other greens. And his name is Ben On. Ben Young On is... If you're going to take him, if you like him at all, this would be the tournament to take him. So I like Ben on quite a bit. I'm not going to have him in a lot of lineups, but I'll definitely be overweight versus the field on Ben on. I mean, that's not hard to do. He's going to be under 5%, but I'll, I'll probably be closer to the 10% range on him. Yeah, I'll, oh, I'm sorry. I'll like ben on. Ben on's one of those guys in our family of Palmer, Domin. You know, he's a really good DraftKings scorer. He's, he can do well on uh, difficult holes. I like the play, especially in GPPs. I would agree. Don't go overweight on him um, in you know cash lines or anything like that. 
but I think he's definitely a good way to get different and someone who who is capable of kind of outperforming his salary. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, see, with Kim, see, you know, we've. I guess you hit the one time he decided to to do well this year, so we won that outright and first round leader. So not angry about that. He's pretty much been down in the dump since. And hey, I think this is the first time you're bringing him up since. So I'll ride that. I will ride that train. Uh, a couple more questions: Harris English or Siwoo Kim? Got to pick one. Joel, who you got? You can do better. <laughs> maybe he's just he's just curious That's but that was such a good answer <laughs> that was the, that was the correct know. answer all right go ahead joel but did you do want to pick one uh, if, if i have to pick one i'll pick harris english but i don't like him and i would i'm not gonna be playing him at all i think you can do better honestly i really think you should pivot to someone else <laughs> so i'll say this i mean if you're going to play either of those guys, it better be in like a, a big GPP with a lot of people in the field. I mean, if you're if you're playing either of those guys in cash, you're doing it wrong. But I don't think he's doing that. I, I definitely think in a big GPP, if I had to pick one, I'd actually go Siwoo. I, I just think his floor and upside are a little bit better than Harris English, who's kind of been a train wreck the last three tournaments out. Yeah, and I'm just looking. What is Harris English's price i can't find it here so i'm not totally he's sure mid, he's in the mid yeah sevens. mid sevens yeah. okay yeah. um here's a really good question oh jeff he's not playing either i guess he just just wanted to know <laughs> uh, all right cool oh uh, harris english is 8300 which oh, is ob- obnoxious that that's that don't play bad. harris english everybody yeah. uh do you think it's hard to gauge players coming off covid than before covid interesting question joel what do you think if they're immediately coming off covid I would probably shy away. Um, we've seen some guys fatigued and, and struggle mm-hmm. coming off COVID. So uh, it's not a lot of data. It's not like I'm saying you can't play someone coming off COVID, but we've seen a, a, we have a small sample size and we've seen some guys struggle from it. So I tend to shy away guys who are coming off of it. Yeah. You've made that known, especially over the last couple of weeks too. What about you, Sia? Well, first of all, maybe I'm just parse, splitting hairs here, but I can't tell what he's asking because he might be asking what Joel just responded to, or he might just be saying, post-COVID, are you having more problems mm-hmm. like, gauging players? I, I don't know. But but I agree with Joel's answer. But if he's asking the other thing, uh, then not anymore. I, I would have thought it would, hard, would be hard to gauge players, you know, one month, two months, three months, four months mm-hmm. after after COVID, because it wasn't just that they were playing sporadically, but you know some of them were tending to things that we would we would have yeah. never known. But now things have, especially on the PGA Tour, have normalized. So, uh, no is the answer to that. At least yeah. not now. It feels like there's like what one, maybe two golfers like every three weeks that kind of pops up that has COVID, and most of the time it's you know a few weeks later everyone's fine and it's a good thing. I mean, some of my friends have had it, and they're even like, hey, like. I'm tired walking up my flight of stairs. Like, shout out any of these athletes that are capable of being out for seven days, getting over it, and going right back to playing sports. Like, it is absolutely insane. Uh, Scott says it was the other thing. So, I hope you know what that means. Yeah, I can't remember which one the other thing was. So, I'm sorry. I feel like the other thing was was my answer. Yeah, I'm I just, think so. I'm speculating, but you got both answers, Scott. That's what you get here at Windale Sports. You get both <laughs> answers. Um, all right, this is uh, this is the money making time. This is the six K range. Joel, we'll start with you. Uh, who down here do you like? Who are you who are you willing to put your name up against and hopefully take you home to that promised land? Yeah, so I'll start. I'll mention Matt Wallace. I think uh, you know his course history here is really strong. Uh, with a 24th last year, tied for sixth the year before that. His recent form is pretty weak. Um, but if you d- dive a little bit deeper, you know, 
Listen, a guy missing the cut at the Puerto Rico is pretty bad. Like that, I might have made the cut, <laughs> and I'm terrible at golf, so that's a hard pill to swallow. But if you want to think about, like, he's the type of guy that you know might perform better in really windy conditions. And if you want to look at this as it's going to play really difficult, and he might have a little edge on that, then I can buy that. So GPP is going to be different, sure. But one a guy I really like in this range is uh, Matthew Naismith. Matthew Naismith's ball striking metrics. For the, say he should not be priced at sixty nine hundred, right? His recent form, how he's been hitting the ball, tell us that he should be in the eight thousand range, not even in the seven, in the eight thousand range. He is really one of the top twenty ball strikers right now in the last month or two, uh, and getting him in the six thousand range seems wrong. Like it, it just something's off here. So um, I would imagine his ownership is going to come up pretty high, but from what I've seen early, it hasn't even been that aggressive. It's been pretty normal. So if I'm going to get him at low ownership too. Uh, it's a number now. His course history is not there, but this is the one time I'm going to make the exception and say, even without a good course history, I'm going to, I'm still going to play Naismith. I, I really like him a lot in this range. Um, another guy down here that I like is Kyle Stanley. So Kyle Stanley is someone who we are getting a bit of a course history from. He's played pretty well. Uh, he's 6,500. Oh, thank you. I was going to say we skipped right over Joel Dahman. Kind of crazy. Yes, I'm finally going to just say, show me something before I play. <laughs> But I will be playing him in showdown. But Kyle Stanley, you know, at 6,500, you, you look at his recent form and you're like, you know, 30, 30, 30. At this price range, that's good, right? At this price range, if you're going to have four guys in the top 10, Kyle Stanley in 30 or 25 at 6,500, you're doing great. So I like Kyle Stanley, especially here where uh, he does have a pretty good course history. Um, he didn't play last year. He missed a cut the year before, but he has a 14th and a 17th. So he has two top 20s on this course. And a course that we know is difficult. This is especially a place where you want to look at course history, not just once, but multiple times. So you want to see where a guy has performed well here multiple times, meaning they, have, they may have something on this course where there's something they see here. And that, that you're going to get with Kyle Stanley. Uh, in addition to him, and I know C is on him as well, so I think we'll, we'll probably spend a little bit of time talking about him. But, yeah, I think we all like Tom Hope. Tom Hope is interesting this week. Uh you know, he, he seems to be out, outperforming his salary, um, especially recently. Again, if you want to look at – take away his worst score at the Genesis on the, round three, he were, probably would have been a top 30. And then before that, he was 12. And like I said, those were both difficult courses. And we're looking at another difficult course this week. And at 6,500, that's enough, right, for you to say – for there's enough data points there for us to say this is worth taking a shot on this golfer, let alone the fact that he was tied for 15th last year, tied for 26 two years ago. No other data point. So he's, he's never done worse than tied for 26 on this golf course. So at 6,500, that could be a, a really nice way to get to uh, to round out your lineups. Another boring man with a boring name and a pretty boring face too. But it's, uh, hey, however well, it works. Let me give one more play in this range. Yeah, absolutely. We, we move on. It's going to be Adam Long. Uh, so Adam Long is, again, we're going, we're going 6,400. Jeez. So you're getting a really good price. In the last two years, he was tied for 24th, tied for 10th. So that's two top 25 finishes. He, he's he's never played here before. So he's never missed the cut. And at 6,400, if, if you look at his recent form, if you, you're not going to be all that excited about it. But let, let's if you take a little deeper dive, you know, he did have a 69 at the Genesis. The 76 hurt you. Um, he had the 68 at the Waste Management. So what I'm saying is if you're going to put him on a course that we know he likes, you know he's he's capable recently of getting the low scores. We just need him to miss and to avoid that 76, that blow-up day, and he'll be in contention at 6,400. 
100%. Adam Long was, he was priced much higher recently. So yeah, coming down in price 64, that's like super, super low. So again, maybe a little overcorrection there. So it is uh, time for Sia to go over the 6K range. I see we have a bunch of questions in the chat, which is exactly why we do this. So we will be getting to that in a second. Of course, make sure to go to windailysports.com backslash chat so you can get Sia's secret weapon. 29 and 3 uh Rasmus Hogard la- 29 are you counting him that's not like a Yeah he was he was bad enough I mean he, he I was just made gonna, the cut the, the Yeah no, that's what... he, he was bad enough where yeah. that's an L that's an L okay. for me All right I, I appreciate you um I appreciate you taking that one on the chin man um it wasn't great but it happens it happens sometimes but not very often 29 and 4 so 29 times these guys have made the cut four times they haven't or Sia has deemed they were not worthy enough to be considered a winning secret weapon there. So windelisports.com backslash chat. You're going to get that every Wednesday night. It is a golfer under the price of 7K that will be under 5% owned so you can lap the entire field. Sometimes, you know, they're in contention on Sunday. Uh, James Hahn, if I'm not mistaken, a couple weeks ago. Cameron Percy only a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago. Um, I don't think we've had a CA Secret Weapon take down a tournament yet, but gosh darn, it's coming. Have we? we? No. No, no, but I I believe Richie Wierenski, he might have been the first Secret Weapon, or he he was either the first or second, and I'm pretty sure he came in like second. That was like when we, we were first kicking off the secret. I, I got to go back and look at it. It was right after the restart. But he, he was like he was first for a while and then he came in second. I got to I got to go back and look at it. But I've come close. James Hahn was probably the closest. Mm-hmm. I mean, up three, sh- was, yeah, up three shots a few weeks ago on the back nine. So and so 29 and four. So we've done this 33 times. That's what over the span of about 35, 36 weeks with a couple of breaks in between. I mean, mm-hmm. longevity, it's consistency. It's incredible. It's just absolutely incredible. But you're only going to get that in Discord Wednesday night. Get ready for it. Lock that golfer into your lineup. See ya. the rest of the 6K range, though, as you said. You know, we can get a little confident. We can get a little cocky at times. Is there anybody in here that you're really liking? Yeah, I mean, first of all, other than Matthew Naismith, I think these are guys to probably not take in single entry. I mean, you can. I mean, I have some confidence in, in some of these guys. If you have to, because you want to jam in two 10K guys or you know, uh, Rory and a, and a high-end 9K guy, you know, feel free. But yeah, these are definitely more for like the maybe maybe three max, but probably more like, you know, the, the, the 20 max or the, the 150s, you know, stuff like that. So uh, th- there's, a, there's a lot of talent, though. I mean, Matthew Neesmith at 6,900, that seems like an error because two weeks ago at the Genesis, where, by the way, it was a much deeper field, uh, particularly at the top, guess what his price was on DraftKings? It was 6,900. So even with a with a slightly lesser field, he doesn't get a price bump. By the way, that tournament at the Genesis, he finished 20th, I believe, and he's he's top 20 the last three tournaments he's played. So you would think at the very least, being 6,900 two weeks ago and finishing top 20 yet again, that he'd be bumped up to like 7,300 or 7,200. And so the one thing I want you to keep in mind is, you know, we always think of these tiers as like, oh, this is the 10K tier. This is the 9K tier. But once you get down to like, I mean, honestly, all the tiers, but like 8K to 7K to 6K, it's really like just 
the, those those mile markers don't really mean that much. So don't think of Naismith as a, as a 6K player. He just happens to be a little bit mispriced, but probably should be where, you know, Chris Kirk is and Luke List is and some of these guys that we really like. So again, Naismith has been really well. He's a great ball striker. He's great on approach. It doesn't mean he's going to be awesome at this tournament, but he rates out better than anybody in this 6K range, which is why, by the way, Joel, his ownership percentage does look to be tracking to be like pretty significant. It's going to be in the double digits for, for whatever that's worth to be expected. It's a guy to definitely jam in a cash lineup and, you know, put him in some of your GPPs and maybe fade him in some of your GPPs because, you know, a lot of people are going to be on him. But I absolutely love Matthew Naismith. Um, as I go down, there's a couple guys I like that I'm just not going to mention just just for the sake of time. But there's a, a couple guys I think are worth mentioning. John Ha is interesting to me. He's 6,600. Um, he's He's been a good ball striker lately. It, it's just, you know, he's uh, I'm looking at his rounds now, like a couple bad rounds here and there. But, you know, at the Farmers, he wasn't very good. But before that, he had plenty of good rounds at Mayakoba. Um, at the American Express, uh, look at the RSM Classic. Like he, he can shoot low. If the ball striking is there, you're getting some value here. He's not going to be a guy that anybody's really paying attention to. So I kind of like that about him. And then let's go back to Cameron Percy. I mean, talk about a good ball striker. He was flirting with the lead just last week in Puerto Rico, which had some good players in it. And he's just been really good. I mean, if you look at how he's done the last few times on the on the main uh, tour courses, he's he's been solid. He's definitely outpaying his price. He was our secret weapon a few weeks back, and he was excellent. So I think you're getting a bargain here at 6,500. I also like Kyle Stanley. Not quite as much as Joel, but I'll, I'll have him in a couple lineups. And Tom Hoke, when his iron game is on, he is existing near the leaderboard on Saturday and on Friday. Maybe not on Sunday, but that's not what you're looking for from a guy that's 6,500. So I think Tom Hogue is a really smart play. Uh, I think it's a little bit of a misprice. I think he probably should be in that 6,800, 6,900 range. Still super risky. But again, when his iron game is on, he is very relevant throughout the weekend. So I think that's a smart play. If you were going complete dumpster diving, Again, this is a course with a lot of problems on it, so maybe Sepp Straka isn't the guy. But again, that's a guy that when he's on, maybe in a showdown lineup, you want to you want to take a Sepp Straka, and, and and that probably goes for Matthew Wallace as well because these guys have the blow up rounds, but they do have the ability to go low as well. Brian Stewart at 6,200. I mean, Roy Sabatini at 6,300. I think those guys are Roy Sabatini is a solid golfer. He's not very long. This is not the course for him, but I again 6,300. A guy with Roy Sabatini's pedigree. I mean. I, I know this is completely absurd, but there's a chance that Roy Sabatini finishes ahead of Roy McIlroy. It's not we, a good chance. I was, I was just about chance. to say, two or three weeks ago, you said he's been the better Rory as of late, and it's kind of Yeah, funny and that. it's certainly relative to his pedigree he, yep. he, he, has, he has in terms of outperforming his price. I'm not saying he's going to beat Roy McIlroy, but it's not going to be like if, if Roy just has a bad tournament and finishes, you know, 45th, and Roy Sabatini somehow creeps into the top 30, we're not all going to be like, oh my God, that's so shocking. Because Roy Sabatini kind of does that a lot. So again, he's not necessarily in great form, but 6,300, I think it's a decent dart throw. Speaking of dart throws, Jason Duffner, Tyler Duncan, Kramer Hickok, these are all 6,200 and below. If you're doing 150 max or uh, that $3, 20 max tournament that DraftKings offers, you know, have a few lineups with some of these guys in it. Why not? You're going to pick up so much on the field. And these guys, Tyler Duncan was the last tournament he, he, he played. I'm trying to remember which one it was, but he was relevant at least up until Saturday. I mean, he was he finished and I think he ended up like 30th or 38th, something like that. So, you know, these are guys that are bottom of the barrel pricing. If you need it, go get it. Uh, the Genesis and he was top 38th. You were 100 percent right. So that 
is the 6k range from both Joel and Sia. Again, Sia's secret weapon will be in Discord. WindailySports.com backslash chat. Hop into there. We got a couple questions in the chat from Chuck, Fitzy, M, Burns, Gooch, List, and Mr. Z Johnson. How you feeling about that lineup, Sia? Yeah, the only guy that I, you know, and I, I don't have an opinion on Zach Johnson yet because, frankly, I haven't really looked at him, but he should be okay at this course. I mean, he's not a long hitter, so that, but, but he's also kind of just a clever player, and I think he'll navigate the course pretty well. I mean, you know, his approach game is going to have to be on. His putter will probably be pretty good. I like the lineup. That, that's the only guy that's kind of a question mark to me. I think it's a super solid lineup. That's Again, that's one of those where you're starting in the 9K range. I don't really have a problem with it. Joel? Yeah, no, I, I like the I, I I agree with Sia. The one, if I were to say anything, I'm not sure about Zach Johnson, but I, I'm not saying I don't like him. He could have a good week. He's just not in my player pool. But um, if if that's for a big GPP and then that's the way you're, you're getting different with him, then then yeah, I like it a lot. Love it. Uh, enjoy. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. Maybe I can fix that uh, one of these days. But hey, guys, quick question: Doing a couple 100 mans is there? Uh, is that like a cash type of contest? If so, what are some cash plays? That would make sense. So I would look at a hundred man um, as a cash contest. I wouldn't over worry about ownership percentage for a hundred man tournament because if you really like a guy, you just need to get the best six guys. If you have the best six guys in a in a hundred man tournament, you're going to win, regardless if a guy is thirty percent owned. You need six golfers, so I wouldn't be too overly concerned about ownership percentage. Just get your best six in there in, in a hundred person tournament. I love it. See ya. Um, some yeah, I totally agree. Uh, some guys that you might consider, um, Sam Burns, uh, Victor Hovland would be good. Let's see, Sung J M. I think would be a smart one. These are kind of consistent, high floor type guys. I think if you want to jam in a Matthew Naismith, I think it's okay. Typically, you wouldn't want to do that in, in a cash oriented contest, but I think that's fine for a hundred man. Uh, I think Cameron Trungali is interesting. I'm not sure how we talked about him a little bit. Um, I think he's pretty consistent as well. So th- those are some of the names that just off the top of my head that I like. I love it. I love it. Chris wants a Joel article coming out. Get into the Wind Daily Sports Discord chat. That is what we are here to do. We have um, we have the showdown sheet. It's coming up. It's going to be there Thursday, Friday, Saturdays uh, moving forward now. We have Spencer Aguilar being part of the team on that as well. So a lot of bets, a lot of stuff coming in. Um, but here is a question about showdowns. Joel. I'm sorry, Sia. We're going to just defer to Joel here on this one if you're okay with Please. it. Uh, what stats and what do you look at when you're constructing these you know, 50K winning showdown lineups? So a few things there. I think on the surface, and everyone's probably heard me talk about this before, the, the most important is uh, strokes gained off the tee and on approach. Approach being the most significant, off the tee second. And the thought is you know, that's probably the most repeatable, whereas putting is – for lack of a better way of saying it, it's a bit of luck, right? Some guys get hot on a day putting. Some guys get cold on a day putting. It's hard to target if a guy's going to putt well two days in a row. So you just kind of ignore that. I like I, I sometimes say I almost target a little bit of negative putting thing, and they'll probably regress to the even. Um, but also, I think one thing that's really important about showdown is playing the whole week, right? Like you listen to a show like this, and you know what guys perform well on certain courses, have good course history. And when a guy comes out and does not do well day one – now everyone's off of them, but you know they typically perform well in this course. Well, let me go back to him, right? Now I know not a lot of people are going to play him in showdown because he didn't play well day one. That doesn't mean he's not going to play well day two. So um, understanding the week and not just looking solely at the strokes game data and trying to say, I'm only going to play guys who are getting strokes approach. Like, one of the biggest factors, and it's kind of what Sia was referencing before, about all DFS like, and how I pick players, 
Uh, you know, we want to take the strokes gained in and how guys are in the ball. One, yes. We look at course history. But one of my biggest things is salary, right? Where do I think guys are missalaried and where can I get an advantage doing that? If I see a guy that I think could have been like like Matthew Naismith this week, easily could have been in the 8,000s range. I wouldn't have blinked an eye and I'm getting him at 6,900. Something's off with that. So that's now a value for me, even though it might not say his course history is to playing him. But there's another factor. If I can say he's getting strokes with his irons, which is going to do well in this course, and his missalary where I'm getting an advantage, that's what I want to do. And you see that with showdown more often where a guy might not play well the first day, and the second day they drop his price to 7200 and you're like, wait, this guy was 8800 yesterday because he didn't play well. It's like, well, that's a value. He didn't play well. No one's going to play him, and you just saved $1,600 in your roster by putting him in there. So that's the type of stuff that I try to do to, to get different and, and build my show down. But real quick, the reverse of that is true too. So what if they don't drop his salary? Like it still might be a good a good guy to take because if yeah. he was – and you mentioned this earlier in answering the question. If he had a really bad day one, typically people are going to be off of him day two. Well, that was just a one-day sample size. So feel free to go back at, back to him at the, quote, prohibitive price because people don't want to pay that all the sudden well he's the same guy he was on wednesday he just happened to have a bad thursday so you can go back to him so i mean those are those are definitely things to consider you know i noticed the the end of chris's question he says you know you know mm. your, your the showdown sheet which wind daily we have it up there windailysports.com we do a showdown sheet every single night and they're asking joel like what did you see that others didn't like one thing to keep in mind you know joel also has more lineups that he's entering Versus like me, for example, or Chris, maybe versus you. So he has the ability to kind of diversify a little bit. You know, he puts his, Chris, it sounds like you're part of the, the Wind Daily family. He puts his picks in there. And those are actually separate and apart, at least for now, than, than the ones we have on the showdown sheet. Although we consult with him for that too. But sometimes he'll give us sort of extra picks in the Discord chat. And, and what you need to know is those are the picks that he's leaning on, like kind of like a, a core-ish type thing. But he's also incorporating a lot of other picks, whether it's on our showdown sheet or, or other things that he sees. But he's not going to flood Discord with like 25 names so he's he's got like his core that he's working on and then he's extrapolating from other picks and you know other values that he sees so it's not going to be like a comprehensive thing in discord necessarily but it is the guy that joel's leaning on the most so it's just i wanted to make sure you understood that yes yeah and and that and and joel if you give me one second go back and listen to the episode that joel and i did after he won it's seventy nine thousand dollars or whatever the hell it was. It's eighty, is hundred. Uh, honestly, all these numbers they kind of just blend together at this point. It was only a couple weeks ago too, so it's really not that far back in the podcast feed. So go check that out. Joel does a really great job. It's a pretty much a twenty minute episode on just how he breaks down his showdown sheets and one thing that your he showed. I'm sorry, his showdown lineups. One thing Joel says very upfront and honest. His bankroll is most likely bigger than yours, so he can enter these 150 max tournaments. He can get different. And if you're just a guy putting a single bullet into a 150, you're going to lose because someone like Joel maxed it the hell out. And that is a big reason on why he wins. I'm that 20-minute podcast is one of the best podcasts we've ever done from a from a just learning standpoint. So if, Let's go, if, Joel. If, Chris, if you, if you want to listen to that, if you haven't listened to it already, um, just – Get into Discord and ask us, and we'll just pull it and we'll post it in in, in our uh, Win Daily Discord. And I'll explain why. You know, I, I I admit I play 150 lineups. I'll explain why that works so well. And what I see, like you're right, you'll notice sometimes when I do that, the guy I play the most might not be in the winning lineup, right? As a reason, I don't lock anyone in, right? Two weeks ago, I locked in Justin Johnson on a day he didn't do well, and I was just kicking myself because the rest of my core was really good because I locked him in. I was like, I never do that. Why would I do that? And it ruined my whole day because I can't win now with one guy that's not in. So that's my concept, right? I can pick, my thought is I can pick 25 guys. I have to get six of the 25 to be in the, in the, in the winning lineup. I can do that. If I'm not going to be able to pick exactly six, like that's too difficult. So if I can just find a way to get 
the best six guys within my 25 person pool, that's great. That might mean, you know, I could win with my priority 20 and 22 in that lineup, right? I'm not going to mention those guys in Discord because those are my priority 20 and 22, but they were, you know, the last guys that made it into my, into my build. And I love one it. last thing, I'm sorry, like, because I did mention the podcast, um, and, and I, we can drop it in Discord. But for those of you that, for some reason, aren't with WindailySports.com that are listening, like, please join us. But also, the podcast is free. So you can literally just go to the uh, Apple, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast, Spotify even, and uh, find the podcast. Uh, it wouldn't be too hard to find. We, we can probably help you with that. But the point mm-hmm. is, uh, even further, uh, five-star review, please, when, yes. you, uh, when you do that. And go to our YouTube page, and please subscribe to our YouTube page, too. Like and subscribe, like and subscribe, like and subscribe. All right. Uh, so that is all the questions. If you guys have more, keep them coming. That is what we are here to do. Ghost is in here as well. What's up, Ghost Man? Um, let's move on to the betting portion. You know, a nice little five, ten minutes on some outrights. He is, I mean, if you just have paid attention to him this year alone, you would have won four bets, two outrights, two first-round leaders. So let's take advantage of that. My bankroll's high, so I want to keep betting on golf. Um, Sia, do you want to give us maybe some, I don't know, which, like, we usually end with first round leaders, but you've been so hot on the outright market too. Like, I don't know where do you want to start. Let's just go with that. Let's stick with the outrights. Okay. And I'm I'm, I'm actually trying to narrow the field here because it looks like I have six guys. I usually give five because I don't want to give like too many. I'm just going to give you the six because I mean they're mostly long, with the exception of one guy. They're pretty much long shots. So it's like I'll go ahead and just give a six. The the shorter guy is, is Sam Burns at forty five to one. That's not very short, by the way. Like, I mean, if we're if we're being real about this, we talked about it earlier. Like, Victor Hovland, Sung J M. Those are the. I think Sung J M's price is actually pretty good. I think Terrell Hatton's price is pretty good. Um, you know, feel free to flirt with that market. We're trying to give you some bang for your buck here, like we always do, specifically with outrights and first round leaders. So, Burns at forty five to one. I think I might leave this next guy off the list. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm okay. gonna put him in in for first round leader. But uh, the next guy, uh, Henrik Norlander. And Matthew Naismith, 110 to 1. I mean, let's have some fun. I actually think Norlander has the, the, the better upside. But, um, again, it's not super stacked at the top. 110 to 1 is a fun number. Um, Taylor Gooch at 90 to 1. Going out of order a little bit from a number standpoint. But Taylor Gooch at 90 to 1. And then Ben On, if he's ever going to win a tournament, it's going to be this one. 110 to 1. Those are my long shot outrights. 110 to 1. It doesn't get any tastier than that. Joel, do you have any fun bets that you're... Uh, I, I already have Richter Hovland written down. And for uh, Scott over there, I already wrote Sunjay M. I'm excited to bet on him as well. But what do you got, Joel? So I'm just going to give two plays here. I think I'm going to give you one long shot fun bet to consider. Someone we didn't mention actually in the DFS, by which you want to play him from DFS side too. Not a bad play. Keith Mitchell at 90 to 1. He's got a great course history. His recent form's not so good. So if you want to bank on someone who just maybe likes this course, right, really likes that it plays well here... That's like he's two, the top. He's a fifth and a sixth finish in the last two years. So he's doing really well in a long shot at ninety to one. Be a fun guy to take a shot on. But uh, whatever your unit is for betting on this, one of my recommendations is let's go to Hovland. All of it. This just we're betting on Hovland this week. He's our guy. That's my take. I'm I'm going heavy Hovland this week. I really I have a feeling I, I like him. I, I feel good about him. He's playing. I feel like he's playing right now. I'm not saying he's this good, but he's playing right now at a little. I feel a head and shoulders above the field. So. Um, that's where I'm going to be making my bets. I love it. I put a star next to him, so that way I know to put more than just a dollar on Victor <laughs> yes. Holland this week. Uh, see ya. All right. Get ready. Break some news for us, my man. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you five first-round leaders. Um, let's start with Sam Burns. I, I did notice I haven't seen all the tee times yet. I mean, they're all out there, but he goes out in the morning. So does Luke List, who you'll see on this first-round leader. So um, 
I like that. They're, 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 those two, Sam Burns and Luke List, are, are two of the first guys to go out in the morning on Thursday. So I, I kind of like that. Um, Burns at 50 to 1, List is 90 to 1. The other guys I like as first round leaders, uh, Hendrick Norlander, 80 to 1. Um, he's, he's no stranger to, to good day ones. Speaking of no stranger to good day ones, back in this guy's day, he was great on day ones, and then he was terrible, and now he's kind of good again. And his name is Charlie Hoffman, 70 to 1 as first round leader kind of like that one um that was close to being the breaking news uh cam percy at 100 to 1 and are you guys ready for the breaking news i am yeah can we get it can we get a time check so everybody knows oh, like uh what's going 9 on 16 i am losing most of my bets and it is tuesday march 2nd oh well, no, yeah hockey's like hockey's really dicking me tonight guys not happy about it hockey's tough hockey's yeah tough. it really um, is but it's so much fun so, yeah, so at 9.15 Eastern Standard Time on a Tuesday, I'm giving you your first round leader on Thursday. Mm. Two days from now, your first round leader at 90, 90, 90 to 1 is Ben On. You are welcome, America. Ben On is your first round leader. My God. The Arnold Palmer Invitational. I love it. I love it. Just to, just to recap for everybody, outrights, we have Hovland, Burns, Scott gave us him, so I'm on him. Norlander, <laughs> Neesmith, Gooch, Benny on, Keith Mitchell. I mean, how, does it doesn't get any more boring than that. Like, it's insane. <laughs> that's true. He's uh, right up there. Like, it's just super. Oh, that's fantastic. And first round leaders, Burns, List, Norlander, Chuck Hoffman, Percy, and Benny on again is your breaking news leader. Let's Hold on. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you two first round leaders as well. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you. Okay, I'm two. sorry. I can't believe I. Re- you should have stopped me like <laughs> the beginning of the recap. But anyway, please, please, please. Uh, for for first round leaders, the the long, I'm gonna give one long shot in in Matthew Naismith. Right. I think we all like the way he's striking the ball. We all think he's getting a little bit under underappreciated right now. So at eighty to one, I think you're getting a good value at a long shot. But my my favorite first round leader play is not as much of a long shot. But if you guys have been caught, if you're following along each week. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick has come out and shot 66 each of the first two rounds of the last two tournaments. So he's really starting off hot. If you're thinking it's a consistently see thing, we can go back to it at 40 to one. I mean, it's I mean he's one of the favorites, but 40 to one is still pretty good odd. So um, I think he's my favorite play for the first round leader this week. Hell yes, I, I'm, I mean I'm going to bet all of them. You guys know that can already. I- can I have Joel add one to his first round leaders? Because I've already given like five or six. Yeah. I'm give a seven. So, so, yeah. so Joel, I, I would recommend you looking at the Tom Hogue first oh, round leader oh. odds and maybe adding that to your list. Just, mm. just throwing that out there. And I will say, I do like Tom Hogue as a first round leader, mainly huh. because if you guys recall, the last time we gave out a big hit on first round leader, Tom Hogue tied our pick, which was HV3. Mm-hmm. And so Tom, we know he's good at first round. He comes out hot. He's good in the first round play. I like it. I do like. We know it. The, do we know the odds on that? Anyone? I will know it in three seconds. Three, two, one. Hundred to one. Damn, nice timing. Hundred to one. I'm in on hundred to one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got to do that one. We got to add that one. That's Joel's pick, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> I accept. <laughs> Seventeen. Seventeen bets. I think that's a little much, but if we win one of them, it doesn't matter uh, because they're all more outside of Hovland, who you're going to actually put real money on. Everything else, you're getting your money back and then some, which is exactly well, what we're here to do. So. Speaking of getting the money back, you're going to get it back in the head-to-head matchups that Spencer and Nick do mm-hmm. on the Better Golf Podcast. And the top 40 and top 30 and top 20. So make sure to go subscribe 
to the Better Golf Podcast. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes here. Obviously, it's going to be up all over the website as well. Just want to shout out last comment from Chris. Much appreciated. The Deep Showdown Insight. Again, check out the podcast. It is incredible. With Jolie goes really far into it. The MME and bankroll context is very important. We appreciate you, Chris. This is literally why we do it. Sia, where can everyone find you on the internet? I was so distracted reading that because Chris's hair is just wonderful. It really is. His hair is like perfect. I, like perfect hair. I wouldn't know. Yes. Very good. Uh, where can they find me? Okay, so on Instagram, if, if you want to I just post some clips on there every once in a while, like picking more cow out, right, for example. Yeah, um, that's a good one. That's Sia Najad Sports on IG and on Twitter. Is that what we're saying? Is that the what kids, young people say? The they kids. say IG? Hello, Maybe. fellow yeah. students. Okay. Anyway, so uh, on Twitter, it's uh, at Sia Najad. That's uh, in case you're listening to the podcast and you don't know how to spell it. I wouldn't either. It's S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D. I think that's how I assume I would spell it, but I would no, probably... Wrong. No, you would have gone gone like CIA to begin with. What? People say CIA all the time. There's like some super famous artist whose name is Sia and it's spelled S-I-A. So that's the only reason. Yeah. The CIA predated Sia the singer. You're right. Okay, Mm. fair enough. You're right. Yeah. And I'm 14. Joel, where can everyone find you on the internet? At Draftmaster Flex at Twitter. We got to just make sure the fans. Flexing up. Oh, and Joel's wearing his Knicks hoodie. I didn't see that the whole time. Did you? Were you partying in the streets last night with the rest of the Knicks fans because you guys oh, are above was I partying in the streets. Oh, yeah, I was. Listen, we're fourth in the East. The Knicks Let's are back. Go. I want to hear it. We are We're going to the ship. Forget Giannis. Nobody needs it. <laughs> can you I guys sign it. Jeremy Lin so that you guys can come full circle from the last time that you guys would were be actually incredible. exciting? That would be insane. Oh, he was ready. He was ready. His friends have probably texted him a lot today saying, hey, were you guys partying? You know, like me, like an idiot. Um, I will say I'm a big Duke fan. Ghost is a big Canadian, um, if that's how you say it. Uh, So we're all R.J. Barrett fans, all of us together. We can all shake hands and agree on R.J. Barrett. Um, Joel, someone wants to know if you got a new car. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I did. (laughs) Did you really? I hope so. (laughs) I mean, it's I felt like I such a random a Lamborghini. Oh. It's fantastic. You can be like that guy that walks up to people and asks them what they do. You can just be like, ha I won a DFS showdown for PGA. <laughs> Wind Daily Sports, check us out. This is incredible. I love doing this every single Tuesday. It is absolutely fantastic for Sia, for Joel. Appreciate everybody in the chat. Thank you all and hope you make it a very profitable Arnold Palmer Invitational. Got it. Bye, everybody.